Hi, and welcome to the Orion Podcast with Jessa and Laurel. In today's episode, we connect with Ney Seca of Tega, an ethical jewelry line made by Ney herself and artisans in Gambia. We talk about how to create a supply chain and workforce with a positive impact on society in alignment with our dreams for a more conscious, beautiful business world. Enjoy. Transform business, change the world. That's the Tory Project's mission. If you're concerned about environmental degradation, social injustice, or the shredding of our democracy, check out Tory Project. This exciting new organization teaches entrepreneurs how to build highly profitable businesses that also act as a force for good in the world. Follow Tory Project on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and check out David J. Farron on LinkedIn to watch his videos designed for first-time founders and entrepreneurs. Sign up to join their next boot camp or volunteer to help out at www.toryproject.org. Hey, Laurel. Hey, Jessa. Who is our guest today? It's Nay Seca of Tega. Hi. Welcome, Nay. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We're, we're very excited to have you. And uh, Laurel, I'll let you give the introduction. How were we connected with Nay? So, Nay, uh, we wanted to feature your jewelry in this event series that we're hosting called Runway to Regeneration because mm-hmm. we saw that your jewelry line was ethical, sustainable, very thoughtful, very purposeful, highly conscious brand. And we were put in touch with you by a woman that we love, Sasha West. And and we didn't get to have you, Nay, because you were blowing up. You were so busy at the time doing interviews. And I think, I believe that you were in some magazines at the time. We're like, okay, that's, we'll just get you on the podcast. (laughs) So thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me and, you know, still um, keeping the connection and even remembering. (laughs) Well, how, um, how there, there's many things that we could talk about, and yeah. I think that we should start at the very beginning. What is your entrepreneurial story, your journey? How did you wind up founding this brand that speaks to so many people? Um, so I have been sketching since I was like seven years old. I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I had clothes in my closet and I wanted them to look different. So I would sit down and draw and draw and draw. Um, and you know, I grew up in Gambia in West Africa and we didn't have like the fashion industry. We had tailors and actually you get your clothes made by tailors there. Um, and then a small amount of your clothes will come from abroad, but mostly you would just rip something out of a magazine, take it to a tailor and they'll copy it. So we didn't have any idea of a fashion industry. We just had tailors and, you know, tailors made minimum wage. Um, they were like kind of keeping everyone clothed, but they were not really, they weren't in, um, their economic circumstances were not that um, impressive. So I knew that I wasn't going to be a tailor and it wasn't even an option for me. For me, it was just, you know, I was bored. My sibling at the, my older sibling was seven years older than me. She did not want to hang out with me. So I had to hang out by myself and I would draw. And I did it so much up until my teenage years. And my aunt one day, she was just like, you were always drawing in that book. Like, are you trying to be a fashion designer or something? She's, I was like, um, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to be a bank manager. Because <laughs> at the time, that was the most glamorous position I had thought of. Um, <laughs> so glamorous. 
I know, so glamorous. Um, it, because like in school, we had this bank manager who came and she was just so fabulous. She had come from abroad and she was talking to us about, you know, like money. And I was just like, yeah, that's who I want to be. Um, and then, of course, that's com the complete opposite of the route I took. Um, but it wasn't up until my aunt said that to me that I knew this was even something that existed and I just was unaware of it. Um, and then, of course, I moved back to the States and I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is like there are people who are getting paid to do something that I've always loved to do. So just like that, I started working in retail and I worked my way up up until corporate and I worked for a ton of really good brands. And I learned everything about what I want my brand to be and what I what I don't want my brand to be. And that's kind of how it started. That's kind of where the seed was planted. But of course, you know, being um, by myself in New York City, I had no idea how I was going to make this happen. You know, like I, I'm not a trust fund baby. <laughs> you know, yeah. I knew I didn't have millions of dollars waiting for me somewhere that I could just take and, you know, create this dream. So I didn't, I had no idea how this was going to happen. And for years, I was kind of just in this turmoil almost, because kind of like, okay, I know what I want to do with my life. I have no idea how I'm going to get there. What am I going to do? Um, and the idea of Tega, origi the original idea, the original idea literally came to me in the middle of the night. I was laying in bed in my head, stressed out, just like, I, like, what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? I you know, just kind of feeling really stuck and boxed in. And, but at the time I had on my bangle. So there's this um, in Gambia and in Senegal, <laughs> I know, right? We all wear these sterling silver bangles. Like you get it when you're a little kid, when you're born. Um, sometimes they'll have, but they're all engraved. So they'll have your name on it. Sometimes your name will be engraved in gold. Um, you know, let's say sometimes if you get married, your husband will give you his to wear, but it's just, it's just our culture. Every single person has it. It's pure sterling silver, solid silver, has your name engraved on it and you wear it till you grow out of it and then you get another one. So the original idea was to bring that to the States because that didn't exist here. And I kept getting compliments on mine every time people would be like, oh my gosh, where's this from? This is so pretty, where's this from? But I never connected the dots and laying there in bed that night, the dots just connected. I was just like, wait a minute. Um, there's a reason why everyone is asking me about this because they don't see it anywhere else. Why don't I see if this is a possibility? So I did the first the first thing I knew to do. I called my dad. <laughs> I was like, hey, so I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? And he was just like, uh, no, he doesn't know fashion. He was like, sure, whatever, if you want to do it. Um, so I started, I would, I reached out to him and he would go to look for, um, silversmiths in Gambia because they're the ones who do it. And, you know, he would get price quotes for me. He would help get me samples. Of course, they were doing the complete opposite of what I wanted. And I was just like, okay, this is not going to be as easy as I expected it to be. So then dad I was, was in Gambia and you were in New York. And yeah. so what's the time difference between there, by the way? Um, so let's see, I was in New York. Um, the time difference is, I'll have to check it. I think it might be eight hours. Okay. So um, you're going to coordinate not only across time zones, but with mm -hmm. precious dad who <laughs> doesn't have experience yeah. in the industry, but he's willing to go do some investigation. Do it. Yeah. I mean, he was retired, you know, he was just like, okay, there's nothing for me to do instead of, and you know, my dad loves to like, 
be busy and do stuff. And he was just like, great, something for me to do. But he had no idea what he was doing. Seriously. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just looking up the time to give it to you exactly because I'm pretty sure it's about eight hours. Um, I kind of feel like it's the same longitude as, as London. Yes, exactly. Um, well, when, when there's not, when there isn't a time change, cause we don't, you know, we don't, um, we don't fall backward or spring forward. Mm -hmm. So, okay. The local time there is seven twelve now. And what is it? Three, it's it's three 12, 12, 12 here in San Diego. So mm -hmm. it's seven or eight hours from San Diego. Exactly. So, um, so, you know, he would go back and forth and I would tell him, no, you need to tell him to do it this way. And then he has no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, I spent all this money to get these samples that were not great. Um, I actually still have those samples, believe it or not. <laughs> um, oh, and so you kind of do like a, a limited edition line or something or a throwback to be like. I know. Oh, I should. That is a really good idea. Um, but then I decided, okay, instead what I'll do is I will design it. I will send them the designs and have them copy it. When you were mentioning earlier about how the common practice was to look in a magazine, rip out what you like and go have a tailor mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. I want, I want to do that. I look through magazines. I don't want to buy it really. Of course I'll buy your stuff. Yeah. But I, I, when it comes to clothes, yeah. I see an outfit and I just want to go to someone local and have them make it for me because yeah. nobody doesn't fit. Right. It doesn't fit how they're made. So anyway. Right. And then you have more freedom with the kind of fabric you're choosing, the colors you're choosing, you know, it, it does provide you a lot of freedom and our tailors in Gambia are exceptional. They are really, really good. So, you know, it's like you get what you want. If you point something out to them, that is, that's what's going to be delivered. You know, um, but anyway, um, so I decided I would get the molds made here and then sent to Gambia. Turns out just the mold itself, no metal involved, was a, over $300. This is just a mold for a single bracelet. I'm like, okay, so I get the mold for $300. I ship it for about $60 to Gambia for them to copy it, pay the person to make it. I was just like, so am I going to be selling these bangles for like $2,000? Like this makes no sense. So I was just like, okay, this is, I don't know what's going to happen here. And of course I got back into that state. Okay, what am I doing? I have no idea what I'm going to do, blah, blah, blah. And out of nowhere, my dad gets sick for two days and then he passes away. Oh my so, God. Yeah. Yeah. That was really tough. I was super, super close to my dad. You know, it was, it, it was, it was the first time he was ever sick, like in my wow. whole life. Uh, and I just randomly called. I just called and it was like, oh, he just got admitted last night. And I just started crying because I knew it was not going to be like he had never been in the hospital my entire life. And just knowing that happened, I was just like, yeah, this is not going to end well, you know. Um, and that was it. In two days, he passed away. So, of course, I had to go back to Gambia um, for his funeral. And it was the first time I had been back in 13 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and when I went back, it kind of brought back all the memories of all these artisans and the tailors and all the skilled people who live there that I had completely forgotten about. You know, you leave Africa and then you come here and you kind of become westernized. You're not thinking or remembering all the like beautiful fabrics and the cultures and stuff. As, you know, I moved when I was a teenager. So, you know, I wasn't 
think I wasn't valuing that. I was like, no, I'm going to America to get the nice jeans and, you know, the cool clothes and all of that. You know, no more tailors for me. I'm going to shop at stores. <laughs> Which is so funny because like now I feel like we're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could like go to a tailor and have them make me all this custom clothing. But I think, right. you know, being able to do that, it's like leaving and going back to visit. It's just, you have like fresh eyes and a fresh perspective of how mm-hmm. you see everything. So it sounds like, you know, I mean, it's obviously very, um, you know, unfortunate the passing of your father, um, mm-hmm. but the timing, it sounds like worked out for you as far as like, you know, kicking off your, your business. Yeah, it really did. And I always like to see it as a gift from my dad because he knew how badly I wanted this. He saw me sketching for years and had no idea what I was doing and was probably like, that's some girl stuff. I'm not even going to bother. Um, But he knew that I wanted this more than anything. And he knew I was trying to figure out how to make it happen. So I think in a way that was kind of his parting gift to me, like, you know, this can be your legacy. Like, you know, I'm kind of leaving, but you know, you'll get an opportunity to come back home and see that you can make this happen you know, like you wanted to. And it ended up being something complete. It, it, it ended up being way better than I imagined. Now I get to work with artisans and I'm not restricted to just creating one product. I get to look for different kinds of products. You know, I get to start something that was never started there before. You know, when I first started talking to these artisans, they were just like, what do you mean you want us to make stuff and then you're going to pay us and ship it? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Well, they were so confused because they're not designers. They're artisans. They, they didn't go to design school. They just know how to make the stuff. Mm-hmm. It's blowing my mind because I never would have. I. It's so natural and normal to for me as an American consumer to just mm-hmm. go, oh, yeah, they just like make it somewhere else and like ship it over here. And it's NBD. Like, I'm just exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. I, I love this story of you going over there and like blowing their minds a little bit, making them think differently about, oh, this, this is going to scale. Like, people want to use your service. Like you have a skill, you yeah. have a talent that exactly. people will pay money for. <laughs> like, good, like, exactly. And it was, and I was really glad to kind of be like, no guys, you have no idea. You know, you don't need to sell to the 2 million people on that are in this country. You can sell to millions of people all over the world, you know, and to them, and it was, it's, it was definitely a struggle. And it still is like whenever I'm working with a new artisan, cause it's kind of like, okay, why are you telling me this is how you want it? Cause they, what you do is you say, Hey, I want this and they make it for you and you get it. And it tends to be really nice. But if you're serving an American consumer and you're advertising something, that's what they're expecting. You can't give them something inspired <laughs> by what you're advertising. So <laughs> I was sorry to go out. This reminds me so much. Laura and I, first of all, we were just talking about this this morning about consistency and how important it is for brands. And, you know, like McDonald's is for me an obvious one where it's like, if you get a Big Mac at one place, like you expect it to be the same as, you know, in New York or Miami or, you know, even like in another like country. And we have a funny story. One of our friends, well, to talk to you about her offline, but she does, she works with artisans in another country. And one of my favorite stories about her is like, she makes handbags mm-hmm. and she, she said she went in and the women are measuring the straps by sticking out their arms yes. and measuring the leak, leak the straps. And she's like, okay, but your arm is shorter than her arm. <laughs> so like, this doesn't work. I can totally relate to that. If you go to Gambia today and you're buying fabric, that's how they measure the yard, literally by the arm. Like seriously, you have to go to like the tallest person in the store. (laughs) 
It's so funny. It's so funny. But you know, that's it, it's simple. You know, it's that's how they do it. it. That's how they've always done it. So it's kind of like, okay, why fix it if it's not broken? So it didn't come without challenges and the challenges are still there. But at the end of the day, we all have the same common goal. So they know like, you know, this isn't, I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job. I'm just trying to work with you on this one thing. So it's been, yeah, it's, that's, that's kind of how we got here. I love it. And we, we met you when you were in San Diego. So tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit how you did, you went New York, San Diego, and now why Miami? Okay, so um, I lived in New York. I was born in New York, but I left when I was four. And I came back there as a teenager um, when I was, I think, 18. Um, and I had never lived anywhere else um, outside of, um, in, in America, I never lived anywhere else. I'd always been in New York, loved it. You know, I'm a New Yorker through and through. Um, but I just realized that as I was getting older, I just felt like I wanted a little bit more tranquility. I wanted to be more zen. You know, New York is incredible, but you are faced with so many energies at any given time. I mean, even if you're going to the corner store, you are running into like 10 or 20 people on the street. It's it's New York. There are millions of us, <laughs> you know? So I just felt like I just wanted a little bit more, um, I just wanted a little bit more ease. You know, I started to think of quality of life, you know, when you're no longer partying every weekend and drinking, you're like, okay, yeah, um, let's look for more ease and let's look for fun in other ways as opposed to, you know, oh, I'm going out tonight. So I had kind of gotten to that. I already had, you know, I got a dog and I was kind of just like, just ready to, just ready to chill and ready to nest and kind of ready to be an adult. Um, and I knew I wanted to do the West coast. Don't like LA. Sorry, LA folks, but you guys just don't do it for me. Don't go by yourself. (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, there's no way I'm moving to LA, but I've always wanted to live in California. So, and throughout living in New York, every time I'll be like, yeah, I'll eventually move to California at some point. I don't know where, but you know, I'll move there. They're like, people would always comment, oh, you should check out San Diego. Never been to San Diego, never knew anyone who went to San Diego, but people would always comment this. And I was just like, okay, cool, whatever. Never looked into it. And then at some point I was just kind of, you know, I had just said a prayer. I was like, you know, I love New York. It's my home, but I just don't feel like I'm as happy here as I could be, you know? So I just want, you know, the signs to know what I should do. Like, you know, how do I get back to living as fully and as joyfully as I love to do. Um, And just out of nowhere, San Diego kind of popped in my head. I was like, okay, let's Google, literally Google San Diego. Like I didn't know a thing about it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I just started looking and I was just like, okay, this is cute. This is lovely. And I started like really loving it. Um, And I reached out to a friend of mine who lived in LA. He had always been in LA and he was like, you know, I don't, I've been to San Diego a couple of times, but I don't live there. I'll connect you with someone. So he connected me with someone and she kind of described the neighborhoods to me. And she was like, my boyfriend is from New Jersey. I think you should visit before you move. Because I was ready to move. I mean, (laughs) my intuition, like I, I trust my intuition. And my intuition was like, this is it. This is the move. You're going to San Diego. So I was ready to go. And she was like, no, I think you should visit. So I went to visit San Diego for four days. Every single person I met had moved from the East Coast. And the last person I met, actually, who was the Lyft driver taking me to the airport, had moved from the same neighborhood I was living in in Brooklyn. He was like, yeah. Oh. So I was like, okay, great. I went back to New York 
for two days and moved right moved to San Diego. So between me thinking about it and actually making the move, it was a month and a half. And I loved it. I loved San Diego. I just had like these amazing three years of just zen and chilling and it was, I mean, you guys, you guys know San Diego. It's it's so cute. It's adorable. It's just, I loved it. I I still love San Diego. It's it's so cute. Um, but after three years, and I mean, it was an eventful three years. I mean, I got into an accident, I broke a foot, I did like all these things happened, but I was lucky enough to be in San Diego. Like, imagine if I had a broken foot in New York, <laughs> you know, that would have been tragic. Um, but I started realizing that I wasn't necessarily living the life that I wanted to live in San Diego. I moved there to live by the beach. Didn't realize you have to own a multi-million dollar home to live on the beach. <laughs> and, um, it was taking a while for me to really, you know, generate, um, like a friendship group or a community. Cause as you know, San Diego is kind of, it's very small town minded. So people kind of stay within their close circles. So it took me a while. Like I was there for at least two plus years before I started making friends. And of course I had the months where I was stuck at home. I couldn't go anywhere to even make friends. Right. That whole so, thing. <laughs> right. So I was just kind of like, okay, I want to be, I need to be somewhere that's a little bit more vibrant. You know, I want to have a bigger community. I need to be somewhere international. You know, I did, I definitely didn't think about the travel factor when I moved to California, how much farther it is to Europe. I was going to ask how that, how the distance, it's like 3000 miles from New York, how that affected your work. Well, it didn't affect it because my work was always mobile. Pretty much wherever I am and my stock is, I can run my business. You know, eventually I want to be in a place where my stuff is in a warehouse. So I don't, the stock isn't on me. It's, you know, it can, my stuff can always ship. But pretty much when I was leaving New York, all I brought was my stock, you know, because I got rid of everything and I, all I brought was my stock. Same thing when I was moving to Miami, I sold all my furniture and all I brought was my stock, <laughs> you know. Um, but in Miami, why I'm excited to be here, A, I am on the beach <laughs> like my, like I always wanted, you know, in my mind, as long as I'm living on the beach, everything else will work itself out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and um it's a, it's a, as you know, Miami is a huge destination for um, vacations and it's different from San Diego. San Diego tends to be a little bit more um, calm and more family oriented. Um, whereas here, it's like the people who want to party, who want to get dressed, who want to show out. So of course my stuff, which is all statement, you know, makes an impact here. Um, and you just get a lot more different cultures here. So you cut, so I'm exposed to more people who would wear my stuff because in San Diego, even though my stuff blew up there because there was nothing else like it. Um, and there were, there was no one else who looked like I did. <laughs> a lot of people would kind of be like, Oh, this stuff looks amazing on you, but they didn't see themselves in it, you know? And just like, you're wearing it today. And I'm like, you look so beautiful. <laughs> so, and it's just kind of like, how do you, you know, it's hard to convince people to change their style because style is very personal. You know, people either see themselves in it or they don't. Well, I think it's too, like, style for me is, it's about taking a risk sometimes, mm -hmm. which is yeah. silly because it's like wearing a necklace shouldn't be, like, it's not a <laughs> risk. You know, it's like one day. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And, but I do, but I am that person. And it's funny because, like, I'm, I'm from Missouri. I'm from the Midwest. So it's, like, very 
I would say fashion for me growing up was very conformative. And Mm -hmm. then I moved to San Diego. Wait, no, I studied abroad in London. And I was like, oh, I like found my edge. And I was like, oh, just as edgy now. Watch out world. (laughs) And then I came to San Diego and I slowly got back into just like my conformity. And then same thing. I went to London again or like Europe, like, you know, whatever, 10 years ago. Got my edge back. I'm like, all right, got your edge. Came back to San Diego. I'm like, here I am. My ripped jeans, my like, you know, one of my like three pink turtlenecks. And I'm like looking at your necklace. And I've been thinking about this the whole time. I'm like, we were talking about it before because you have this beautiful like three, I guess it's like three layer like shell Mm -hmm. necklace. Um, It's so beautiful. And I was, you're right. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I could never wear that. But then I was like, well, could I? I'm like, right. yeah. I'm like, where what? I'm like, I'm in a beach town. I can wear a shell necklace. Exactly. And I started thinking about it. Um, so you yeah. inspired me and Laurel too, I'm sure. Well, Laurel's been inspired. She's wearing the gear already, but inspired beyond, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I will say like the next. So I'm wearing hoop earrings that are mm-hmm. handcrafted in Gambia. I'm wearing uh, bangles, obviously mm-hmm. handcrafted in uh, Gambia. Yeah. And my next purchase is mm-hmm. I want to have a belt. I love the belts. But like I exposed know. belly belt. Like I kind of oh. want to wear my belly out with this beautiful yeah. belt. Oh, Tell me about the inspiration for those belts and kind of what they look like and and how I could wear those. <laughs> okay, so um, funny story. Cowrie shells in Gambia, um, we use it a lot actually to tell your fortune, like psychics use it. I am not a psychic. I don't know how to do that. Um, but people <laughs> use it to tell your fortune. What and is the shell called? The name of the shell? It's a cowrie shell. C-O-W-R-I-E. Sometimes people spell it C-O-W-R-Y, but I think the spelling um, is They're wrong. They are, they are used. Um, so I do like a lot of moon praising and I'm, I, I sync myself up to the moon. <laughs> And the goddess Osh is. Do I say it right? Oshun or Osh? O S H U N. Oshun. Oshun. Yeah. Her, when I was creating the altar to her, it was fine gold cowrie shells. And oh. Synchronously, I was walking out of my office, and there was a market where all the um, Hispanic and Mexican come over from the border from Mexico, yeah. and they set up their shops, and there were gold cowrie shells everywhere. This. Right when I was getting ready to do this moon praise to Ocean, I was like, okay. I mean, message received. I'm doing it. But I, I remember also in high school, mm-hmm. it would um, use hemp or jute and yeah. braid, braid a choker and cover it in cowrie shells. And that, that was like, we would create friendship bracelets. But I didn't realize that there was a connection to the psychic realm because mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> I was getting the messages. Yeah. And if you, I mean, there's so many um, things that relate to this, but, you know, way back in the day um, before currency was invented in Africa, cowrie shells were used as money. So this used to be currency. And then, you know, of course, when currency came, you know, it, it, it kind of fizzled into all the other things, but this, some people use it as a symbol of fertility. Um, In Gambia, we have a lot of people who do, um, I don't want to say voodoo because it's not negative, but it's 
pretty much people who like will like make a prayer for you or something. And the cowrie shell is always involved. They'll actually make you wear this on your waist and the back of it, you know how it has those little bulbs. When the bulb breaks, it's believed that there's so much negative, like evil eye on you. So you need to take that one out and replace it with a new one. I mean, they can, they, it goes deep. <laughs> I enjoy the fertility aspect of it. I'm super interested. So I need a cowrie belt across <laughs> my womb is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, if you if you want a baby for the new year, trust yes, you should yes, definitely use belt. Yeah. <laughs> top, top it with some waist beads, and you are all set. You that's have what, that's what I'm going. I want a belt, and then I want the waist beads. So describe the waist beads. So the waist beads actually, it's funny in America. The waist beads are they're kind of shown off, you know, and definitely like they, like I see a lot of girls wear it over their clothes, or of course you wear something cropped and you show it off. And I wear it like that sometimes too, but in Gambia, that's like a huge no-no. In Gambia, your waist beads are underwear. The only person who sees it is the person who's undressing you. <laughs> oh, wait, I have a question. This might be a sensitive question. Am I being disrespectful if I wear my waist beads out? No, not at all. Okay. I don't, so let me just say this, and I'm probably going to get dragged or lynched or who knows. Oh, geez. I cannot. I'm super against this whole cultural appropriation thing that everyone talks about because I love other cultures. I have spent most of my life traveling. If I go to India, I'm getting a sari and I'm going to wear it. You know, I'm that's I think that's the whole purpose of culture. So you and the whole purpose of traveling so you can experience other cultures and take with it what you want. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm African. If I was offended by cultural appropriation, I wouldn't leave my house. Like, are you like, like, do I expect everyone to throw out their mud cloth pillows because it's African? No, <laughs> you know? So again, do with it what you will, but no, I am not at all offended. I'm happy to talk about my culture all day, every day. No one knows about Gambia. So I am happy to talk about it and share it with everyone. I love well, that because I think there's like such a, there's a line between the appropriation and the respect. Mm -hmm. And so and when you like a culture and you respect it and you want to take things like, you know, food, fashion, yeah. culture, or like, you know, spiritualness, it it's, it's because you like it, you enjoy it. And it's like a lot of these cultures too, which I think a lot of cultures, I shouldn't say all, but I think all like at the heart of its community and sharing and yeah. welcoming. And so Anyway, I hear you. Thank you for saying that because I, yeah, it's very much like, you know, we want to wear this like awesome jewelry you're making in Gambia and bringing yeah. it here to sell it that we get appreciation. We get to hear the story. And yeah. so it's, um, yeah, I think it's, um, I don't know, like you said, it, it can get very, I, which I understand why it's sensitive, but I, I want to be like, how do I say this? Like I want to be respectful and supportive mm -hmm. at the same time, <laughs> you know. Yes, like, exactly. I want to, like, and I'm like, when am I crossing a line? So, um, I think anyways, that was yeah. part of my that was part of my fear wearing mm -hmm. the three layered cowrie necklace because I don't want to offend other people, but and not but mm -hmm. and I want to live consciously and mm -hmm. and showcase and share this amazing culture. And I also want to like bring fertility and talk about the, talk about the stories that you just told me and be like, oh, in Gambia, this used to be a currency and tell all the things. I want to wear my waist beads with my belly out and tell everybody. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And that's, 
and, and I think that's how we have to live. Like, I, you know, we are, and maybe I'm just older and I just don't care, but I think we're in a place where you can say or do anything and it not be taken out of context. You know, like I remember I was on this Facebook page and someone had on a Halloween costume that was a ninja. And this girl was going off about why you dress like a ninja. I'm like, I, you know, like, I don't understand why this is so sensitive. This is so offensive to you. Like, I don't. In Gambia, when people come and visit, like um, we have a huge tourism market. We're not turning people away because they're appreciating our culture. We want you to come and appreciate our culture because that's how we get revenue for our entire country. You know, um, when people come, they get their hair braided, they get their braids in. But now if you do that and post it on Instagram, you are this horrible person because you have braids. I don't feel that way. And I am an African from Africa. <laughs> so I am not at all offended. I am happy to share everything about because every time I've traveled, what I have been most impressed by are is the local culture and the local food. Like I love food. I want to know what people are eating. I remember when I went to Amsterdam, I was like, what do the locals eat? They're like, I mean, potatoes. I'm like, okay, I want the potatoes, <laughs> you know, because I want to experience it. I don't want to go somewhere and sit in the resort and be like, oh, I was there. Well, did you eat the local food? Did you see what the locals do? Like there's, I, I don't, I don't know when this became so sensitive. I don't understand it, but my artisans would love for you guys to shop their stuff. They are working day in, day out, you know, Gambia is one of the poorest countries in the world, and I will do anything I can in order to uplift it any way I can. So um, I am not offended at all. Anything Gambia related, feel free to reach out. <laughs> I'll be happy to break yeah. it down. We are not mad at all. <laughs> thank you. And and kind of along, thank you for sharing that. We, we appreciate you being open and sharing that with us a lot and listening to us and our insecurities and fears mm -hmm. about um, that. So just thank you. And with Taya, like, what is your connection to Gambia right now? Like, how does the business work? Are they there? So if I go online and I buy a bangle, mm -hmm. is this a bangle that's been made by the artisan? Like, what is kind of the, the structure of your business and, and how are you continuing to support the economy there and, and create jobs? So what happens is I actually buy the stock up front. So no matter what, the artisans are getting paid for their work and their time. Okay. It's just up to me to make sure that I sell the stuff and it's not sitting here, which doesn't always happen, but, you know, growing pains. Um, and the reason why that happens is because we there are no direct flights between America and Gambia. And this is all because we had a very horrible dictator president who no one wanted anything to do with. And he kind of really destroyed the ties between Gambia and America. Wow. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> so. Um, it takes a lot of time and the shipping is incredibly expensive, like from Gambia, because you're coming from somewhere so remote and you have to, and it's going through other countries to get here. It's not just getting on one plane and coming all the way here. So it's pretty challenging. So what I do have is um, I employ someone there who goes out and connects with the artisans there. She will find new artisans or she'll go back to old artisans. You know, I will communicate with her what I want and she'll either get me in touch with them or if it's something simple enough, I'll just work through her. But she basically is on staff to kind of be my legs and my eyes. And she show and she'll show me if something is new, let's say. Um, I've already designed what I want to receive, but she goes to the artisan's workshop and she sees something that is 
amazing. She'll send me a photo. She was like, what do you think of this? And if it fits um, the aesthetic, then I'll have them, then I'll have her order that as well. But pretty much I do have to have someone there physically. She's amazing. She does all the running around. She makes sure she packs it up properly for me and she ships it to me. Um, but, you know, COVID last year, it was challenging. I had all these things that were made and were ready to ship in February and I didn't receive them till July. So that's something I'm uh. also. Yeah. So that's also something I'm working on now, because if you like if I, I couldn't post that up on my website till it got here, because if you place the order when it was on its way in February, <laughs> you didn't get it till July. I would have to answer to that, you know. So it's a matter of, OK, in this new world that we live in, whereas planes aren't leaving Gambia as often as they used to. And things were just not shipping out. Even when they resume the flights, they were not shipping stuff out just because who knows? Maybe America had restrictions on, you know, what countries could ship stuff. Um, so it's a matter of, OK, how do I shift this? So, A, I'm not hand making everything because I can't ma hand make everything. Um, but B, how do I keep working with these artisans and being able to get the stuff on time, you know, within the time frame that it gets here? This is a whole new world that I'm working with. So you'll see that with this year, I ordered a lot less because I'm just trying to navigate it because it's like, OK, let's start with a little bit and then see when that gets here and what new restrictions are coming in, if any. And if there isn't then we're great. You know, then we can kind of just get back to this nice flow of getting new things coming in easily. But as of now, a lot of the stuff, um, I, a lot of the stuff that has been selling has been the things that I made, which is great. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that you were hand, you were making. Oh, I would, I'd hand make a lot. So all the shell stuff I hand make. I oh hand -make my. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that either. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I do. I mean, I love working with my hands. It's it's something and and it's bittersweet because I'm getting at a place where I do need to have other people doing things for me. But it's kind of OK. At what point do you let go? At what point do you train them so they make it the way that you make it? So people are getting the exact same product. And also, you know, then what do I do with myself? <laughs> You know, like I love, I love making things. I love being in the, like it's, I love it. This is something that I actually enjoy doing, but as the company is growing and I am working on branching out into other, um, other pieces within the brand, it's, I'm going to have to definitely take a major step back, but I'm excited about it because new things I'll be able to pro do a lot more that I want to do. And before we go into your expansion and the new mm -hmm. fun things that are happening for you, yeah. I, there was one part of your website that like jumped out and bit me in the face. <laughs> Which one? It's um, Tega is committed to providing beautiful, ethically sourced jewelry and accessories that tap into the wonderlust of the feminine while also <laughs> making an impact on society. And then there's a link to Power Up Gambia, and it yeah. talks about a percentage of our purchase going to this program. Will you tell us a little bit about Power Up Gambia? Because I'm in the renewable energy industry and that's why it hit me in the face. Yeah. Well, my gosh, I should connect the two of you. So I, first of all, I am honored to be working with them. They are doing all the heavy lifting. Honestly, all I do is write them a check. Um, I, they have literally 
transformed the mortality rate of our country, of Gambia. They went in, and this was literally, it was started by a medical student. She went to Gambia to visit, and she realized that, you know, to this day, Gambia, the electricity shuts off, you know, and sometimes it's for hours at a time, sometimes it's for days at a time. They are electricity. kind of see um she i think she went on some sort of like i don't know she's a doctor so she went i guess she got to work there for a little bit like during her during an internship or something and she saw how bad it was and she built this organization so she they and they employ local gambians and train them on how they can operate these solar panels so they're not they're also giving the gam the locals work as a, in addition to giving them free solar powered water, clean water and electricity. And because of that, they Beautiful. people are able to store vaccinations, you know, because they're refrigerated and the electricity wow. is on 24 seven. Um, and a lot of premature babies are being able to make it as opposed to back when the electricity was going on and off and there was nothing they could do. So I am I just- I know. I want to be involved. I want to be involved in this because it's an opportunity to have a, a significant impact and mm -hmm. not only just buying your jewelry. And I, I know you mm -hmm. said you just write a check, but that's a big deal. You know, yeah. I just want to honor you for, for doing that. And yes, please. I would love to get to know them because I feel like supporting power up Gambia would be a great way to clearly have a very big impact. Yeah, no, there it's I'm I'm so, so honored and so grateful to this day. I'm just like, I can actually support you guys. This is awesome. You know, and, you know, I'm not doing much. I'm, I, you know, I'm a one woman show with a small brand, but I am just glad to be affiliated with them. Like I, I'm so thankful for what they're doing for our little country, really. Well, yeah. And even just, I mean, putting it on your website, in addition to writing the check, putting it on your website, coming here, talking about this. And it's just bringing awareness. And I, it's just listening to those like two specific examples about, you know, the mortality rate and when it comes to vaccines and newborns is just the things we can take for granted by having like reliable power grid every day. It's just like, I mean, literally between life and death for some people, depending on your circumstances. So I just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's very, very basic needs. And, um, I haven't looked it up yet. I've, I saw it on your website. I did not read about it. And now I will. I put the link up, powerupgambia.org. People yeah. are listening and we're not watching. So um, thank you for, for sharing that. And that's, yeah, that's amazing. I, it's, yeah, very commendable. Thank you. Yeah. And also, just so you know, they're also part of the Amazon Smile program. So in case you're shopping on Amazon, you can also help them that way too. <laughs> And we Great can help, help by shopping Tega. And tell us about <laughs> uh, where you're going and how we can support you in the future in your dreams, in your vision. Okay, so um, I am definitely, so we'll, I'll still be providing a lot of the things that I'm still providing. But what I'm doing is also I'm going to turn the website to be, I want to make it a resource. I want to make it a place where, People can come and figure out how they can live consciously, how they can live ethically, how they can really improve their quality of life um, by choosing better and 
choosing healthier. You know, I think people really take for granted the fact that, you know, buying cheap clothes, like this $5 t-shirt you're buying from this fast fashion store, you know, it's probably covered in chemicals. And that is something you're putting on your skin that's seeping through, but you're not thinking about it twice because it's cute and it's cheap. So I kind of want to educate people in a way that makes them feel comfortable. I think a lot of times when you see um, people in the ethical fashion space, it's, it's a little bit like they're attacking or judging you for your choices, but we all start somewhere. You know, everyone starts somewhere. Even Forever 21 now has an upcycled line for jewelry and like a few recycled pieces. And yes, they're fast fashion. Yes, they're, you know, doing detrimental things to the world. But if all you can afford is Forever 21 and they have recycled pieces, start there, you know, and build up till you can afford the Stella McCartney's. You know, not everyone is going to buy a $300 dress, ethical or not. You know, so I just want it to be a resource where people can go and they can get access to everything they need to know about living ethically, living consciously, paying attention to the things you bring into your home, you know, living toxin free, living chemical free. I don't use any toxins at all in my home. I don't use any animal products on my skin, on my hair. And it's really made a difference. It's really made a huge difference when you take out all these harsh chemicals and all these toxins. You you know, you breathe better. Um, your home is easier to clean because believe it or not, synthetic um, items attracts a lot more dirt than natural items, you know, but it's it's hard for people to take the time to research this. I love this. So I'm a nerd about it. I'm always like, oh, what is this new thing? What is this new thing? So, you know, I kind of want to put that together and make it accessible to everyone so they can go somewhere and be like, okay, I want to, you know, get laundry detergent that is healthier, you know, or I want to change up, you know, the dishwashing soap that I use. And I can kind of guide them through through several options. And the next exciting thing that is happening towards the year is um, this happened last year for the people who follow me, they probably knew about this. It's called Ethical Fashion Night Out. And it's basically um, a group of it'll be me and some other ethical brands um, where it's a night of shopping. And, you know, you can this is be going to be a place where everything you touch, everything you buy is all completely ethical, completely sustainable, um, toxic free, um, chemical free. And you can just make a night of it. You can come out, you can have fun. And, you know, I'll just encourage people to, you know, stay tuned, stay in the loop, follow me. And I will make sure that, you know, everyone knows where it's going to be. Um, but it should be really exciting. Oh, this, well, this aligns with Jess and me because this comes <laughs> full circle to the reason why we originally engaged you was to have a similar evening, a runway to regeneration evening where all the businesses that participated were regenerative. And so your money would have a clear impact and a clear path. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm so glad that we get to have you on now. And also I wanted, wanted to go back to your original point about Having a, a hub, if you will, on mm -hmm. your website where community members can come and learn about how to clean up their lives, basically. Mm -hmm. I'm going through this similar thing. Um, I'm an environmental professional. So the environment, I've always been cleaning up the environment. Yeah. Removing pollution from the water and the air and like revegetating. And, and it dawns on me through my work with a yoni healer that I'm polluting my body and I spent my whole career cleaning up the external world. And if I were to just doy, like turn that to my home and turn that to my body, 
optimize and like really expand my life. And I could not agree with you more. I hope that we can share our Mm -hmm. experience and our resources with you with home products and and self-care products and just live a more conscious full life with you. Thank you for, for doing this. Your, your work is the good work. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm so glad you came to that realization because it's so easy to like, you just kind of just don't pay attention to it. Like, I mean, it took me a really long time to pay attention to like, wait, these clothes that I'm getting, like what is really on them, you know, or even when you buy furniture and it smells for days and you're like, oh, it's just the wood smelling. No, you're actually inhaling these gases, <laughs> you know, but we've, we're just accustomed to it. And, you know, think like uh, you're the perfect example. You're doing all of this for the good of the world, but you're not looking in at like what is really on your body. Like, wait, am I wearing toxins? Like, am I clean, you know? So yeah, I just wanted to be, I kind of just want, I want people to give themselves grace. Number one, I think people just get so stressed out or hung up like, oh, I need to change this. So I need to be this. I need to no. give yourself grace. Like it's it's fine. You know, take your time. Take it one step at a time. Like you'll get there. You know, I there's still things I need to shift. But, you know, I'm not 100 percent there. But I you know, I'm just taking it as I can. Well, I think that might be one of the first points of the three point landing. It's give yourself <laughs> grace, right? Give yourself grace. I tell this to people all the time in anything and everything you do, give yourself grace. You know, people are so stressed out about like when it comes to dating or like shopping or, you know, even being plant based. You know, I'm plant based and people, you know, some people are so militant about it that people are like, no, I don't want to do that. You guys are so angry. I'm like, we're actually not. <laughs> you know, it's just passion. So I think people need to give like people are very quick to give others grace, but they never stop to think about giving themselves grace. Like I think people struggle a lot with giving their themselves compassion. You know, a lot of when you think about the self-talk you give yourself, most of it is critical. It's not encouraging. So I think people should start there. Yeah, clean up, clean up your self-talk and your self-care. Like you would clean up the what like you would remove plastic and aluminum cans from the beach. Like clean exactly. up your clean up yourself. And uh, yeah, walk us through another two two points. Okay, so the first one was what give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Um the second one was, okay, in terms of living consciously, I would say um, just be really clear on, you know, who you are and the life you want to live. I think a lot of people tend to base their beliefs on someone else's belief system. A lot of people are not stopping to think like, okay, is this something that I actually align with or am I just running with this because I heard someone say it on TV or I read it on an Instagram meme. Like, what are you, what do you really align with? What is really your truth? You know, and that should be like, you should have core beliefs that are not changing because someone else, because you read a meme on Instagram, you know, your core beliefs should be your, like literally your core beliefs. And that should kind of be your North star where you work from. Um, and that will in, that will determine how you show up in the world and in everything you do, you know, the choices you make, who you are and who you allow into your world. So I would say that's something to pay attention to if, you know, you're living consciously. You can live consciously if you're not conscious of who you are. So you need to start with knowing who you are 
and what your values are in order to live consciously and show up in that way in the world. Um, let's see, what would be the third one? Have fun, you know, like it's just, just have fun. Like it's like, there's you, you know, like just be the person who's always looking for the good in anything you're doing and anywhere you are. Like I, I'm just always like, I'm a goofball. I'm always down to have a good time. And there are times where I'll be out with people and I will be having a blast. And the person, the other person is just like, Oh, this is bothering me. That's bothering me. And I can't even see it. Cause I've kind of just, my brain is just predisposed to look for the joy. Cause I'm like, I came out to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time. So you know, kind of be that person in your group or your your community or whoever who's kind of just seeing the positive in it. And the more you focus on that, that's the more of what you're going to bring into your life. You know, you'll have less and less experiences that are uncomfortable. You'll start feel, realizing like, you know, life is fun. Like I'm, I'm a one woman show. I have to show up, you know, every day, whether I like it or not, whether I'm tired, whether I'm sick. And you know, I just need to realize, you know what, this is, this, this is what I chose and I'm going to enjoy it no matter how fun it is, no matter how exhausting it is. I'm just going to take it all. It's like, you know, this is my life experience and I'm doing the best I can. Brilliant. Oh, yes. We align so much with you. I'm so excited Mm -hmm. to see where we go together. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad we met. It's it's, it took a long time, but this was so awesome and so worth it. I'm so, I wish I guys physically in San Diego. See, you guys are the community I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. Yes. Seriously. We'll have to come visit. Is it is the ethical fashion night out in person? Is it what? Is the ethical, was it the ethical night out or fashion <laughs> night out in person? So it was in person last year. Um, it's, I want it to be in person this year, which is why I pushed it to the end of this year. Um, so I'm really hoping with, you know, fingers and toes crossed that everything is fine up until then. Let's, let's not mess it up. Let's, let's just keep it going. We, we will be there if, uh, yes, I mean, it happens. So yes, we sure. love and to travel and visit our people. Yeah. And I will definitely loop back in with you guys. Cause you guys are, you would be amazing to speak to about this for sure. This is like your forte. Yeah. Oh, this was so fulfilling. Thank you for being a part of it and letting us share share our ideas with you. And um, we hope to see you again. Yes, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so honored. Thank you. Send it, Jessa. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Orion Podcast. If you're looking for a thoughtful gift for yourself or others, Shop ethical jewelry with a story at article22.com. Enjoy 10% off qualifying purchases with promo code ORION10. That's www.article22.com and code ORION10. Enjoy!